proclaiming the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ, preserving the prosperity for God and people for the kingdom of heaven. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast, brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. My name is Charles, and I want to thank you for listening in. Hope that something you hear in the next few minutes will bless your heart. Hope something that you hear in the next few minutes will inspire you, will let you realize the urgency of the day and hour that we live in and how important it is to be prepared to meet the Lord any day now, to be able to stand in this evil day, to be a light and salt to this world that we're living in. At this time, I want to welcome my counterpart and my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I am doing well in the Lord, Brother Charles, and it's it's good to be back on another podcast with you and, and with the listeners that are listening today. Hope all is well with you guys, and we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to say, and we're going to continue on with this armor series, Charles, that we've been doing now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while, and I apologize for the delay in bringing out a new podcast. You know, life is what happens while you're making plans, and sometimes we make the best plan possible, but things go awry and we have to, you know, react on the fly and a knee jerk reaction. And sometimes we don't always get to do what we want to at the time we want to do it. But I am so glad that we are able to come together again, Scott, right now to bring forth another podcast. Like you said, we are on a series, the series regarding the armor of God, which Paul spoke about in Ephesians chapter six. Uh, but before we get started in that, I just want to make a few announcements, Scott, and then I'll have you go the Lord in prayer for us. But, uh, Scott, we've got some new resources. We've got some new links. We've got a lot of things that are going on in the Watchman of the Wild Ministries. We wanted to expand our outreach. We wanted to provide the people that are listening to this podcast more material, more resources for them to visit. Uh, we actually have a Facebook page. Uh, it's just simply at Cry of the Watchman. We actually now have Instagram. You can follow us on at Cry of the Watchman. And Scott, we have a new Twitter account, just of underscore Watchman, where people can actually follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, a lot of things going on. Still have our YouTube channels. One's called the Key of David Podcast. The other, the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. Just one word, Watchman of the Wall. Either one of those that you search for on YouTube will bring up our YouTube channels where there are additional videos and audios of past podcasts that we have made for you to enjoy. So Scott and I hope that you take advantage of everything that God has given us to use so that we can take advantage of every resource God has made available to us to put this word out there. Scott, do you want to say anything about it? Well, I, you know, Charles, I say the people by now that are, that are, uh, listening to the podcast, notice that you know the, the there's devotionals that are coming now on the feed, and you're using the term Watchman of the Wall. Maybe um, Charles explained it greatly, but maybe you're a little confused. But Watchman of the Wall is the parent ministry that that uh, this podcast is under. Even though we've named it Key of David, the the ministry that we, me and Charles, that the Lord had us begin, which was quite a few years ago now, Charles was was Watchman of the Wall. That was the original vision. Key of David podcast, the devotionals that Charles and, and his wife are doing, they just all come under that parent ministry. So that's that's kind of maybe clearing up a little bit of the confusion. But like Charles has said, there's all kinds of resources. Charles, we were doing a podcast before they called it a podcast. Many, Amen. many, many years ago, we were doing that this way and putting it over the Internet. So we've got tons of material tons of devotionals as Charles has been recording those. And uh, like he said, now there's a Facebook page that you can go to now, finally, and uh, other places that you can stream stuff. So I know Charles, you're going to give those out in the notes for the people and probably explain them here. I would think. Yeah, uh, definitely going to have all the links to everything that we have available in the show notes of each podcast. Uh, the Facebook page, the Instagram account, the Twitter account, the two YouTube channels that we have available to our listeners, uh, the email address we have, uh, key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. 
that will also be in the show notes as well as the blogs that God had us placed together so many years ago. Like Scott said, we've been doing this for quite some time. And Watchmen of the Wall Ministries was the preparing name, like Scott. That's a good way of putting it. And everything that we're doing is following under that umbrella of the Watchmen of the Wall Ministries. But we're still going to have uh, the series that we started on this podcast, the one about the armor of God. And uh, before we get into the scriptures that we have for today and the subject on the piece of armor that we're going to talk about, I'm going to have God say a prayer for all of us that God have his way on this podcast. Father, we just come to you humbly, Lord, today, and we thank you, first of all, for yet another day that we can proclaim your name, your power, your abilities, your strength, and your love, most of all, on this, this little podcast. God, we first and foremost, we ask for your anointing, your presence, because God, this is worthless without it. We need you to breathe, so to speak, upon this podcast, and we ask that you do so, that you touch the people that are on the other side streaming this and listening to this, or maybe they're watching a video. God, we pray that your anointing be on it, that it it breaks the yokes, that it touches them where they're living right now. God, that you make yourself real and an ever-present help in this time of trouble. And God, you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you're stronger than COVID could ever think about being. You're stronger than any loss of job. You're greater than any sickness in the body. And God, we thank you tonight that we can come before you. We don't have to wait for a high priest anymore. Lord, you are our high priest, and we have direct connection to you in this day. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh, I could shout on that right now if I, if I could. But Lord, we thank you that we, we can come because of Christ. Because of his blood, we can humbly come into the Holy of Holies and make our petitions known. And God, we pray that you touch this. Touch Charles's mouth and heart today. Let him speak your words. God, let everything in this podcast be done that glorifies you, that lifts you up because you are the reason for everything. And we give you praise today for this in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Good prayer, Scott. Thank you so much. Uh, like we said before, we are currently in a series regarding the armor of God spoken to us by the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We've covered the first few uh, articles of the armor, Scott. We've covered the belt of truth. We've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. The last podcast that we had, the last long one was about the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And now we're coming up on one that we believe is so important. Uh, not that it's more important than any of the other pieces of armor, but even Paul puts emphasis on this one in uh, the, in the scriptures that we're going to have Scott read here in just a moment regarding the shield of faith. Scott, the shield of faith is the subject for today. If you don't mind, read our main text found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. 
Amen. And I love the emphasis you put on verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Scott, I don't believe that when Paul said above all, he meant that it was a more important piece of the armor than the others. But his emphasis was, is this was the first line of defense for the believer. The first line of defense for the believer is that shield of faith. And let's talk a little bit about that shield and what Paul was envisioning in his mind when he said shield. I know that a lot of us have in our minds shields of different shapes and sizes. Some popular ones are those round shields like the Anglo-Saxons and the Crusaders used to have. And uh, maybe even a little bit bigger, like a shield that was about the same size as their chest, maybe easier to pour it around, easier to carry. But when Paul was talking about a shield, he had in his mind a Roman soldier. And a Roman soldier had a shield that was so much more than just a covering for his vital organs. This shield was a shield that was large. It was as big as a door. It was to cover his whole body for him to stand behind. And just like Paul said, quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Whatever the enemy had to throw had to get through that that size of a shield first. Amen. Amen. Like you said, I like how you are, are differenti differentiating these, Charles, because now we're getting into the pieces that you're not just wearing, but you're carrying. And they're the first line of defense. And I like the fact that you're, you know, the original Greek said that this was a door, like you said, that's, or a shield that's door size. <laughs> it's something that you could hide behind in case of emergency and, and successfully hide yourself behind. So I like that. Uh, I, one thing that I definitely want to mention about the shield is that just like all the other pieces of armor, when Paul was speaking about each piece of armor, and as we've done in the past with the other pieces of armor that we've already covered, we're talking about all of it going back and, and actually being referred to the person of Jesus Christ himself. You know, when we, when we read about the belt of truth, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that belt of truth was a reference to Jesus Christ. When we talk about the breastplate of righteousness, it says in Jeremiah, the Lord is our righteousness. So let's not mistake that every piece of armor, feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, Jesus is the reason for the gospel. If it wasn't for Jesus, we would not have any gospel. So the shield of faith is another reference. And that word shield there, it's got so many references in the word of God on exactly what Paul was referring to when he said shield. Several of them that you can read, Scott, if you'd like. Psalms 3 and verse 3 is a good one. All right, I can read it. Psalm 3, verse 3 is, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of mine head. Amen. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. So there's a reference that Jesus himself is our shield. Psalm 512 is also a reference to the Lord being the shield for the believer. If you have that one, Scott, you can read it for us as well. Psalm 512, for thou, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou compass him as with a shield? Amen. Amen. So there's no doubt in Paul's mind exactly what he meant when he envisioned that shield. And if, if, if I may be so bold to say, Scott, I don't want a small shield. I don't want a little round shield that I can carry on my arm. That's only going to cover just a few parts of my body. I would like to have a shield like the Roman soldier that was as big as a door so that when the time came, I could hide behind that shield. And it was my first line of defense against all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, we could talk about, before we get into faith, because faith is going to be our main subject about what kind of shield and what kind of faith that we should be having as a shield on our lives. Let's talk about those fiery darts of the wicked, Scott, because I know that King James Version of the Bible, you may have a different version, and it may say something different, but 
King James Version, which is my favorite and I believe the most reliable version that we have to stake our life on today, the King James Version calls them darts. But I don't want anyone to mistake, especially the Western culture or the Christianity of the Western Hemisphere. When we think of darts, you you might be thinking of something small like you blow through a dart gun or darts that you throw with your hand. We're not talking about small darts, are we, Scott? No, we're not. Back Going back to the original Greek, Charles, from what the King James pulls from, those darts were a reference. You know, it's, it's the word the King James uh, scribes had to translate, but it really meant like javelin size that were being thrown at you. <laughs> Quite a few feet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And another reference that I can pull to that I believe Paul may have had in his mind when he talked about the fiery darts is a reference that's found in Psalms chapter 64 and uh, verse 1 through 3. If you have that, Scott, you could read that for us as well. All righty. Psalm 64, 1 through 3. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. Shoot their arrows, even bitter words. So see, it was referencing here that their arrows... And like you said, another reference in the original Greek when the uh, New Testament was pinned down is that uh, whoever wrote the letter for Paul in the book of Ephesians was talking about javelin size or arrow size darts that were thrown or hurled against you from the enemy. So it's not any, you know, he's the enemy is not messing around. The devil is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And he will use whatever tricks he has in his bag. He will throw whatever he can at you to, to make you stumble, to make you fall, to make you compromise on your faith, to make you give up. And uh, he hurls these darts, and even the words that the evil people use against you are described as arrows. And I don't know about you, Scott, but I have fell victim to evil words from people around me that have hit me like arrows in my heart. And it brought me to a state of depression and confusion. And I've been misled by people who came in the, in the guise of a holy person or as a, or came in the, in the disguise of a friend and their words misled me and confused me and led me astray and got me off the right path. And thank God for his grace that he got me back on the right path. But, these arrows are meant to destroy your faith. And that's why the shield of faith is so important. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Boy, did you touch on a subject? You know, that, that goes back to be careful little eyes, what you see, be careful little ears, what you hear. Let me add, be careful little tongue, what you say. Charles, there's many scriptures devoted to the fact that, uh, the tongue can be set on fire from hell. And, uh, you know, Charles, we can know a Christian uh, by two things, and and it's it's got nothing to do with how big of a bottle of anointing oil you carry around in the holster like a gun. It's about one how you're living in front of people, and two what's coming out of your mouth. And uh, right. Charles, I, I boy, we could go on this. I don't know how deep you want to go, but yeah, yeah, that tongue can be something that can well, really, really I'm hurt not- you without a shield. Well, I'm actually feeling the leading of the Holy Spirit about the tongue because it says the tongue, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And he, you know, and that he who uses the tongue will eat the fruits thereof, whether it be evil fruit, bitter fruit or good fruit. You can speak life into your life by the words out of your mouth and you can speak death into your to your body, to your spirit, to your soul, by the very words that come from your mouth. So it's not only words from our enemy that destroy us. Now, I want you to picture this, Scott. The enemy comes to you, and the battlefield of your of your life is your mind. He whispers things to you. 
or he causes things to go past your eyes or through your ears. But words are so important and so powerful. And just like it says in Psalm 64, that the words are like arrows. And you said the tongue was set on fire of hell. There's that reference to the fiery darts. And I feel the witness of that, that it is so easy for people to get knocked off course from their life of faith by words that other people say, or even words that come out of their own mouth that destroy the very fiber of their faith and keep them from being vigilant about the life that they're living. And I feel, I feel just a urgency. I feel a, uh, I feel that the spirit really emphasizing, watch what you say, watch the words that come from your mouth how destructive they are or how powerful they are to bring life. You can speak to someone and make them feel good about themselves, make them feel alive, make them be encouraged and edified or with the same tongue, you can tear them down and you can harm them and you can pull their faith down brick by brick. If you're not careful about what comes out of your mouth or what you receive from the mouth of the enemy or other people. Amen. Oh, amen. Like let's, let me fire off two points here. You expound on this because I'm hearing it and what you're saying in your voice. One, I, I really like the fact, you know, we, we dig in. This is an Internet society. We can't get away from it. We can't roll that uh, Pandora back in its box, so to speak, anymore. So it's here. And, and it, you know, anybody that has ever been on the Internet can see that this thing is just a harvest of bitter, angry, hateful, hurtful you know, words, they, they like, I liken them to little Batmans, if you will, because with the internet and their ambiguity online, they can pull over the cowl of Batman and, you know, really spew the hatred and anger and hurt that they want to say, you know, and, and gone are the days of common courtesy, Charles. And if you're experiencing that on a daily basis, just tons of it, if you're looking at it and it's, it's you know, coming into your mind and in your heart and your spirit. It will affect you. It has that power. And Charles, point two, and I want you to expound on this. Point two, also, what you are expounding out of your own mouth can dictate what goes on in your day. If it's constantly coming out of your mouth about, woe is me, uh, uh, depressive statements, defeatist statements, and I'm not trying to throw a name it, claim it, philosophy here charles i'm just saying if i'm constantly coming out of my spirit uh, I'm, I'm defeated i'm busted I'm, I'm broken and disgusted as they used to say then that's the kind of day that you're going to have and it's going to affect others around you as well but someone who rises up in the morning and says this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice i'm starting to feel it and be glad in it and raise my hand in faith to a God that can help me. My day is much different. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I, again, I feel the leading to stay on this subject for a little bit longer. Uh, I believe that what God is trying to say to the people around us is that your shield of faith needs to protect you in such a way that it doesn't let those words. And, and you know, it's so it's so important not to be overwhelmed by today's society. We live in such a technological age. And like you said, from everything on the internet to everything on TV, to the phone that you carry with you everywhere that you go, you're being bombarded by words that either build you up or tear you down. And it's what you spend your time allowing yourself to listen to, to read, to allow your, to allow in your spirit. Now, in the, in the chapter right before the Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the armor of God, we, um, we have a strong admonition from Paul. It says, wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be ye not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And it says this, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and to the Father in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, I believe the reason it says submitting yourselves one to another 
in the fear of God because it says that we would give an account unto God for every idle word that comes from our mouths. Mm, idle. And idle. Come on. An idle word. That means everything you say. You know, the Bible says no man liveth unto himself and no man dieth unto himself. The way that you live, the way that you talk, the way that you act in front of the people that you work with, the people that you shop with, the very people that you live with, whatever witness, you know, I said it in earlier before you prayed, I said, Lord, help us to be the light and salt of this world. It, and you know, it, it said already in Matthew five that we were already the light and we were already the salt. It wasn't a matter of being light and salt. It says you already were. That if you called yourself a Christian, if you stand in the name of Jesus Christ, you are the light of this world and you are the salt of the earth. But if your light is hid under a bushel or your salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing. And you know, we live in a day and age where we have to be careful what we let our little ears hear, what we let our little eyes see, what we allow into our minds through technology. And that's why it says combat this by speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Scott, I believe it's a great idea for a Christian to go around listening to things that edify Christian music or podcasts that lift up the name of Jesus or teach how to stand in the evil day like we are attempting to do. But I believe that whatever you fill your mind with, you know, it says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever you fill your mind with, whatever you fill your day with, whatever people that you allow yourself to live around, whatever kind of group you hang around with, birds of a feather flock together, and whatever you hang around with, you will end up emulating. You will end up being just like those that you allow yourself to be accompanying with. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Let's let's keep going with this. I I had a, a dear brother. Uh, experienced this Charles firsthand uh, just this week. There's another scripture, if I may add, that said, as iron sharpeneth iron, meaning you bring two pieces of iron together and one's got a sharp edge. Guess what? That sharp edge piece of iron is going to create another sharp edge on that piece of iron. And the Bible says, as iron sharpeneth iron, so does the countenance of a friend. Charles, it's a spiritual law that cannot be broken. And, and I think we should emphasize this, that what you hang around, what you listen to, I don't care how stubborn you think you are. I don't care how strong-willed you think you may be. I don't care that you may feel that I'm not so weak-minded that the people around me don't affect me. Wrong, wrong. What you hang around, what you listen to, you will become. If it's a godly group, if it's a godly person, you're going to end up becoming a godly person. If it's somebody who has no faith, if it's somebody who's willfully being in sin, guess what's going to happen to you? Pretty soon you're going to find yourself voice of the Lord, not waking up feeling strong and encouraged, but feeling depressed and going, geez, what's happened to me? And, and it's got words have power, Charles. Words have power. And may I add this? I want to insert this and then you expound. But I think that's the reason for the attack like we've got today under the guise of being protected by COVID, all this, all this stopping of church service and being able to assemble ourselves together, Charles, there's a power that can't be done through Zoom. And that's that power of when two or three gather in his name and begin to speak and sing in spiritual songs and powerful words, going back to our scriptures today about faith, that it builds our faith up where we can <coughs> receive the things we need of God. And the devil knows that, and he wants to destroy that. Would you agree? Amen, Scott. Uh, you said something that really sparked my spirit, and it's talking. And, and I don't want people to misunderstand. We've not got off on some kind of tangent on this particular podcast. We're still talking about that shield of faith, because the Bible says in Romans seventeen, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith is one of the things that keeps you sustained. It keeps you alive. Faith helps you to stand in the evil day. Why did you think Paul made such an emphasis on saying, above all, take up the shield of faith? Paul realized what kind of an enemy that we have 
what kind of an enemy is, that is out to get our lives. And, and Scott, I think he has done just exactly what you said. He has took advantage of a situation. You know, there's an old phrase that says, don't let any good disaster go to waste. And I believe mm. that the enemy has lived up to that by this COVID-19 and all the fear mongering that's going on in the world today about protecting yourself and isolating yourself. And if you notice this, stay at home, isolate yourself. You can reach out through the technology. You can still be social through media and technology and your phone and your tablet and your light and your laptop. But there is something about being together. It says that I, you know, Paul even said it to one group. He said, I long to be with you. That mm -hmm. my my faith shall be encouraged by your faith and the mutual sharing of our faith together. And there is something that happens, Scott, when believers become together. There is a leaping of the spirit from breast to breast that feeds that faith, that sustains yes. that faith, that keeps your faith strong in the Lord. And I believe the enemy has done such a bang up job of keeping people isolated and giving them substitutions for going to church and substitutions for hanging out with mm. friends and substitutions for making an effort to, like you said, to come together and gather yourselves together, you know, it said assemble yourselves even more so when you see that day approaching. And what did the enemy do? He's doing everything he can to make sure that we do not assemble ourselves together, that you do not spend time getting your faith edified by the mutual faith of others. And we live in such a day and age where if you can isolate someone and Scott, if you've ever watched any jungle shows or any wildlife shows, these big, <laughs> these big predators, how do they overtake their prey? Right. They isolate the prey. They get them by themselves. They get them away from the group because they're strength in numbers. And then they begin their attack. And the enemy That's has right. done exactly that to our faith. He has isolated us. He has got us off on our own. We don't go to church. And if we do go to church, we call social, we, we call, we call cyber church church today. And we, we go to church online and, and we, we do all of our thing, you know, and, and I know it sounds like I'm contradicting our own podcast, but there's nothing that's going to substitute getting in the presence of God for yourself, letting the Holy Spirit speak to you in your uh -huh. own prayer time, in your own devotional. I don't want people to even allow this podcast to substitute their own getting along with God. Amen. Uh, it's 2% milk. It's, it's near beer. And, and I'm not trying to be mean, Charles. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a statement here. It's, it's, yes, it's great that we can, uh, have a podcast and talk about things like this. It's great. We can get on a virtual zoom and, and chat with each other when, when we're great distances and camp, but it was never meant to take the place of two or three <laughs> gathering in his name. There he is in the midst. And you say, well, that's, that's the same thing as being on zoom. No, it's, it's not. I, I, I beg to differ with you. There's, there's a difference in me chatting with you electronically and me being able to hold hands with you because the Bible states that a threefold cord is not easily broken. There's something about being together physically in the same space that brings about a presence and a faith that you cannot get in any other way. Charles, he warned us. There's, there's no allowance for anything else when he said forsake not to assemble yourselves together, even as you see that day approaching, there's no clause in there that says, uh, unless there's a pandemic, unless there's a virus. How big is your God? Is he bigger than a virus or is he not? I want to serve a God that if I gather in his name, I am protected. I can raise a hand. The devil might get mad, but that's okay because I am fellowshipping with the one that I love who has captured my heart with my brother, and we're even stronger that way. Charles, I think, let me interject this. I think I know why we're getting routed this way, because I sense someone listening to us on this podcast who's found him and herself teetering on the edge. They've allowed this fear <laughs> to come in through this pandemic. They haven't been to church in a while. They've been trying to do it the Internet way, but now all of a sudden they sense they're weak and feeble. 
and they're lost just a little bit and they're confused and they don't know what's going on. And I think we've got someone like that listening to us today. Charles, we're not calling them out to condemn them. We're encouraging them. Would you agree? Amen. And, and Scott, I'll be so I, I'm not trying to be presumptuous, but I would even bet that there's more than one person listening to this podcast that has felt exactly what you're stating, that, that they try to allow things like the social media and like Zoom and like all the ways that you can electronically connect with people that they've used that as a substitution for good old fashioned fellowship. And it just doesn't add up. It doesn't give you the same results that it does being in the presence of God with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, we were talking earlier, Scott, before we did this podcast this week, and I made a phrase that I believe you like. That's something that really started that I, ever since I said this phrase has been repeated and echoed in my mind. The more that people fear, the more they tolerate. Oh, yes, and, yes. Yes. And the enemy has absolutely inundated the body of Christ along with all the people of this world with fear. And it's one of the prophecies of the last days. It says in the last days that men's hearts would fail them for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. And I believe yes. you can put the COVID-19 virus as well as the riots and the being afraid to leave the home and the economic um, uncertainty of, of the world and the fact that we're in an election year and how uncertain the outcome is and that there's no clear candidate that you really want to win this election. And people are being inundated by the fear that the enemy has launched on the people and they're falling susceptible to this and they're using earthly means to try to deal with a spiritual warfare. And Paul spoke about that spiritual warfare in the very verses in chapter six of Ephesians that we've been talking about, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that your real enemy is not the person standing across from you or next to you in the church. You know, the enemy has, has, has lied to us and we've accepted the fact that we're safer when we're alone. And that if we are in jeopardy or we are in danger, if we get together with our friends and that's exactly what I was saying earlier, the enemy has gotten us isolated and that's when he's going to launch his greatest attack. And Absolutely. the attack of our faith right now is what is being so adamant, so pertinent. So it's overwhelming. Now I thank God we serve a God that says when the enemy comes in like a flood, that he would set us, he would raise a standard against him. And I believe that standard is us getting back to remembering how big our God is and that God is exactly what he said in Hebrews chapter six. I'm going to read a verse, Hebrews chapter 11, rather verse six, but without faith it is impossible to please him. That's God for he that would come to God must first believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if you look up that word diligently, that is a word that means painstaking hard labor. So it's not a, it's mm. not a, just a passive seeking him. It's not just a half-hearted looking for God or praying to God or asking God for help, but it is a painstaking hard labor of getting into your prayer closet, getting along with God, allowing yourself to gather with those trusted friends in your inner circle that you know, know the voice of God like you do. And you all begin to seek God together and to share your faith with one another so that the enemy can't keep you isolated, can't feed you full of his lies, can't shoot those fiery darts into your mind that are going to absolutely destroy your faith. If you stand alone, amen. Amen. Charles, let's, let's, let us let me bring the hammer down on this, and let's just answer this question because you've still got some folks, I can hear them out there that are saying, what's the difference in me and me having my pastor teach me through Zoom and then me being there? Let me, let me go back to the book of Acts, all right? Paul, even Peter, and all the rest of them, when they were passing through the crowd and the crowd had various problems, some were hooked on drugs, some had uh, various diseases that the doctors of the day could not even much less diagnose, much less cure. 
and there was crowds thronging these guys, Charles, when they would come through. So guess what they did? They would, the, the helpers would bring to Peter, to Paul, to the apostles, handkerchiefs, aprons. They would bring all manners of things. And those guys would lay hands on those things. And guess what transferred, Charles? The anointing that breaks every yoke would transfer to that thing. And then they would take that back to the people that were sick that couldn't get to Peter, Paul, James, and John, and they were instantaneously healed by the power of God. Now, here's the thing that we're talking about here. You can't do this through Zoom. If you are anointed, if you have the Holy Ghost resting upon you, there is a transference. We're still talking about faith, Charles. We're still talking about what powers the shield. We're still talking about our faith. There's a transference of something that you can't muster up on your own that gives you the strength to go on it's it's the anointing that anointing that can break an addict from being hooked on drugs that can that can destroy cancer that can destroy covid-19 there's a transference there that can't be done that way and that's what the, the apostles were trying to exhort us to continue to do would you agree with that I do. And there's something that just come to my spirit that I want to emphasize, not only in gathering yourselves together. Once again, I do believe that God himself is speaking to our hearts right now on this podcast, saying this is a time to recognize the schemes of the enemy. You know, Paul said, we are not ignorant of his devices. And I don't mean to go out there. I don't mean for anyone to go out there and study the enemy. You don't study a counterfeit dollar to recognize the real dollar. You study the real dollar to recognize a counterfeit. But you you do not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. He is out there trying to destroy your faith. And like Scott said, we're still talking about faith. But there's something about that, Scott. There is there is a ministry that the apostles had that the enemy has robbed us from in this day and age. I know uh, that. Come on. I know the importance that we talked about words being spoken. I do believe words have power. And I do believe that just as I said earlier, and just as the Bible says, there is power of life and death in the tongue, but there is a ministry that the apostles had that for some reason, some way the enemy has removed from churches today. And that's called impartation. Yes, yes. Paul spoke about impartation in the book of Romans. He said, I long to come to you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift by the laying on of hands. Now, I want to ask you a question, Scott. We know that on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven, he was speaking to him. He said, yours is not to know the times or the hour in which we live. That is left up to God. But you go and you tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. And that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, he didn't say go into your own homes and wait. He didn't say separate yourselves <laughs> and go about your own business. Go into yeah. your own houses. He said go and congregate together and seek until you are endued with power from on high. Now, there was a reason why he had them all together in that upper room. And Paul had the ability to go into churches, Scott. He did it to Timothy. He did it to other ministers. He would, and, and, you know, the impartation or the laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's something that I haven't seen in the church for a very long time. I do That's not right. hear ministers talking about it on TV. I don't hear very many ministers speaking about impartation any longer. But there mm-hmm. is an impartation that takes place when a when an anointed leader lays their hands on young believers and says, God, anoint this person with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anoint this person with the gift of prophecy. Anoint this person with the ability to speak in tongues and mm-hmm. to prophesy and to edify the brother and sister. And, you know, we don't see that happening, Scott. And I believe it just goes right along with what we've been saying. The enemy has convinced us that you are no longer to do this, that you're safer seeking God out for yourself, you know, staying away from the fellowship of the brethren, uh, isolating yourself and getting everything online. Uh, we've become a sterile environment and absolutely 
believe it or not, we've come to an age. And if you can describe the body of Christ in this year, I would have to say it's the sterile church. We have become hmm. a sterile church because we're no longer fellowship. We no longer come together. We have drunk the Kool-Aid. We believe the lie of the enemy that says we're in danger when we come together. But you just said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Our God is bigger than the coronavirus. Our God is bigger than the enemy who could come at you. And I wouldn't want to serve a God where if I came together with my brothers and sisters in sincere prayer, in sincere honesty of seeking God and praising his name, that my life would be in jeopardy over some virus or some bacteria or some enemy, one of the enemy's devices that would be launched against me if I was to to sincerely be seeking God. I trust that God is going to sustain me. Just like he said, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and God will reward the person who diligently seeks him. Amen. Look, what's wrong is, you know, we're not advocating you go to Walmart and lick every doorknob in there and try to tempt the Lord. That's not what we're advocating here. The virus, the virus is real, but at the same time, our God is bigger than anything and, and Charles it seems to be like good little sheeple we have become instead of the lion having to chase us to a corner to single us out we have single filed like a pied piper singled ourselves out for him and just standing there waiting and, and I, I can't help but see a picture in my mind while you were talking I saw this I can't help but see a picture in my mind remember the story where they caught Peter and they were putting him they had him in prison and they were going to kill him the next day to shut his mouth so you'd stop talking and preaching this Jesus. Remember that the church at that time, all those people gathered together in one spot, Charles, physically, and they began to pray. They began to call out on God to release Peter from prison. Now, I can just see this little picture trying to go on in a Zoom meeting. I don't know about your Internet where you're at, but most likely here it would work like this. We'd all gather up and hook up on the Internet. We'd have that little five and ten second lag that's so great to watch. And while we're sitting there trying to pray for God through Zoom to get Peter out of jail, our Internet drops and Peter's head gets chopped off because Come of on. our bad connection. See, there's there's something about the tangible presence of God that can be transferred from breast to breast, from hand to hand. Charles, you've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand we're not just talking about just what's in the bible although that'd be good enough for me but we've seen it firsthand in our lives transferred and that's what the devil wants to rob god's people from by the way the end of that story was they all gathered together physically because oh oh let me say this they gathered together physically and they prayed and guess what the prison doors got shook open and peter walked out a free man that's what the devil wants us to stop doing these days let me let me give you this piece of scripture god it's starting to come over me and i'm trying to contain myself but you remember the tower of babel story i won't i'll please i'm not trying to take up a bunch of time here trolls but let me say this i want everybody here to listen to me for a moment with your good ear there's the story of the tower of babel and we like to talk about the tower and we like to talk about what they're doing and we like to talk about you know how god scattered them and we cruise over one of the most important facets of that story charles you know where i'm going and that's when god said looking down upon them he said now look at them i'm paraphrasing but he said now look at them they're one speech one language they have one tongue with one language, and they're gathering together to do this. And now, let me emphasize, nothing will be restrained from them, which they purpose to do. Because they gathered together in one spot, Charles, mm. with one mm. language and one speech, mm. they were able to affect a movement of God that he had to come down and stop it because it was the wrong way. Think about what we could do as children of God with our little bit of faith if we could come together in one spot, quit squabbling over stupid points of doctrine, and just believe God, we could roll back the scourge of COVID. We could roll back what's going on trying to tear up our lives and our jobs. I'm trying to calm down. Let me roll it back. Let me roll it back. You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going with this. We have got to realize there's power in this. All I've got to say is I believe God is shining the light right now on the enemy and his device. Uh, We have all fell victim to it. Now, 
I, there's a dear brother in the Lord that used to teach and he's passed on to be with the Lord, but his name was Chuck Missler. And he was, he was an eschatology teacher and he taught on the last days and he taught on the way that the enemy would reveal his evil plan and bring about his evil ways. And, uh, one of the things that Chuck Missler said is he believed that the survival of the church depended on small groups of people gathering together and yes. carrying on the church, carrying on the church functions. And I believe that to be the same thing. So what if you're one of those people who have stopped going to church and you watch church online? What if you are one of those people who have, who have, are too afraid to leave your home because of the COVID-19 virus or what they've said. And you think that it's time for you to protect yourself and it's time for you to come against, you know, come against this by staying by yourself. If there's no way for you to go to church, if there's no church for you to gather with the saints of God, how about finding you a few good brothers and sisters in the Lord that are faithful Yes. that know the voice of God, who are hungry to see God move, who still believe in a God that can move in these last days, that the anointing that breaks every yoke and destroys every device of the enemy is still real. How about gathering with them from time to time and begin to seek the Lord just like they did when Peter was set free? What kind of change would we see fall? What kind mm. of doors would we see spring sprung open if we were to do this? I believe we're living in a day and hour, Scott, where we're going to have to start making decisions that are not going to make the people that are in control happy. Yes. You know, right now the church is trying to have church and still make the world happy. They're trying to compromise. They have compromised rather and said, we're not going to have church like we used to because of the COVID-19. We're not going to have church like we used to because the government says we can't do it any longer. We're not going to have church like we used to because the governor has issued some kind of decree. Well, we're going to have to come to a point where we say, you know what? The law of God is greater than the law of the land. And I'm yes. going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm going to gather with my brothers and sisters and I'm going to pray and see God's face until he rains that grace down that former and latter rain begin to fall. And we're going to have to start making decisions like this, Scott, again, to where we're going to have to defy what the government wants. And I, I know people are listening to this podcast and those in charge is probably hearing the words that I'm saying. And That's it's okay. I'll be a marked man for the name of the Lord if that's what it takes. But I tell you right now, we're coming into a day and hour that we live in where we can't play church by their rules any longer. Nope. That we're not going to be able to, to, to compromise with the world and still have good grace with God. You're nope. going to have to make a decision. Are you going to please God or are you going to please man? I think God has tolerated up to this point, but he's getting fed up with it. He's getting fed up with his brothers, his sisters, his, his, his children being left out in the cold, isolated all alone, their faith getting slammed, their shield of faith getting pummeled by all these arrows and fiery darts of the wicked one till they can't stand any longer. And he's mm -hmm. saying it's time to raise a standard. And you know, it just, like I said earlier, God will raise a standard where we are that standard, Scott. That's right. We are that standard that he will raise against the enemy. But if we don't hear the call, if we don't recognize the call of God, if we don't hear the unction of the Holy Spirit, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it, Scott? Absolutely. And again, we're not advocating that you go down to Walmart and lick every doorknob and handle down there and tempt. That's not what we're saying. There, there is there is caution and, and uh, precautions that you should take in certain instances. Absolutely. But. At the same time, Charles, is your God bigger than a virus? I don't think I'd serve him if he was that puny. But I know for a fact that we, me and Charles and, and many others, serve a God who could still dry up cancer, who could still do all these miraculous things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Charles, just because he went up to heaven to prepare us a place, don't mean he took the Holy Ghost with him and that power with him. He said in the Bible that these signs shall follow them that believe. And I dare you to show me a scripture that says it stopped when Peter died. It stopped when Paul died. You won't find it. 
these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. I could go down the list, Charles. They, they can cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All these things, these signs to glorify the name of Jesus, just like you called out, Charles. The devil wants to rob God's people of their shield, of their faith, and therefore single them out and destroy them. And Charles, this came to me while you were talking. We've come to the point now that, like you said, the game playing is over. The half-heartedness is over. He's come to the point now where he said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, if you're half-hearted, if you're trying to placate the world and the governor while at the same time trying to follow the Bible, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. So let's let's get on the hot side. Let's encourage him to get on the hot side, Charles. <laughs> what do you think? Amen. I agree with you, Scott. And uh, I believe we're coming to the last moments of this podcast. We may continue another one regarding the shield of faith uh, if the Lord wants us to. But this one here, I believe we obeyed the Holy Spirit, Scott. Yes. And he gave us the mandate to speak about the words that are coming out of our mouths and the way that we are talking about our brothers and sisters, but not fellowshipping with them not coming together with them and i believe we have heard from the holy spirit today yes and i just want i want each and every person listening to take heed and take what you've heard today seriously it is time to move the 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 breeze is blowing over the mulberry trees it's time to move it's Mm. time to follow the leading of the holy spirit find you some brothers and sisters that will meet together Find you a place where you can physically be with one another and seek God's faith. Impart that faith that you have living inside of you to the other ones that are with you. Lay hands on one another. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Jesus said these will be the signs that follow those that believe. Mm-hmm. And I believe that right now we're going to start doing that. We're going to start laying hands on people and seeing them recover. We're going to impart spiritual Hallelujah. gifts to one another. We're going to see devils cast out again Thank because you, Jesus. we're going to hear the word of God and we're going to obey the unction and the following of the Holy Spirit. So I want Scott to pray for us in these last moments of this podcast that we will answer that clarion call, that we will sound the alarm on the trump and blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on God's holy mountain that the enemy has been launching his attack. And it's time for the children of God to do a counterattack. Amen. Amen. Father, we come to you once again and we thank you. Sweet Holy Spirit, do we thank you for revealing the truth, shedding the light on the enemy and the poison he's been trying to get us to take. Father, we thank you for this word today that we have got to stay away from the sterilized church. We've got to stop being singled out, letting ourselves being singled out all alone and therefore taken out. God, help us today, Lord, to see that. God, give us the strength, the the faith that we need that can only come from you, that God, we rise up in this last day as people of God, that we rise up and we're going to build the tower for you that glorifies you and Lord against no matter what anybody else may say. Help us, Lord, today to not forsake ourselves, to get together if we can't. Father, I I want to thank you for the pastors out there. Let me say this. I want to thank you for the pastors out there that had the guts that had the the spiritual determination that wasn't afraid to stand up and keep their church doors open. Pastor, I encourage you. I thank you. Keep doing the work of God, you that's listening. And Father, we thank you tonight for, for this word. Give each and every one of us, impart into us the strength that we need to not forsake ourselves together, to fulfill the last day obligation, to, to carry that anointing, that Charles is speaking of, that we can still see you move if we'll just believe, if we'll just position ourselves to receive these. God, we give you the praise. We give you the thanks. Let this word seep into our hearts, and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Amen.